Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Amen. Magnificent worship. Hallelujah. Amen. I am so honored and blessed to be here. I am Pastor Bryant Lee. I greet you from the huge metropolis of Humble, Texas. Amen. I was a little disappointed when I got here. I could not find a parking space, and uh, as I looked around, there was no place for my pilot to land my helicopter this morning. So I had to find a normal parking. So I know I don't have a helicopter. I don't have a helicopter. Amen. I'm honored to be here. Uh, thank Pastor Jeremiah and the elders and the staff. And before I dive in on this morning, I want to thank you, the congregation of Seven Mile Road. You guys have been uh, immensely great, gracious to us as a church and our small network of urban inner city pastors. You guys most recently sent us a gift, of a uh, significant gift, that allowed us to work with single moms in underserved, under-resourced communities. Some 42 single moms and their children have been impacted by that gift. And I want to thank you guys personally on their behalf. We've bought everything from Pampers. We've paid light bills. We put gas in cars. We've helped uh, single moms get the right paperwork uh, so that they could be able to work. We've, it, it's just been an amazing day. We've been able, I heard a uh, pastor this morning talk about our mental health. We've been able to pay for counseling for some, for, some, for some single moms. And so you guys have made a huge impact all the way from Houston to Humble. So I just want to thank you guys so much for your kind generosity towards us. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. <clears throat> the scriptures have been read for us on this morning. And uh, it's been so much prayer since I've been here. I don't feel like that I need to pray again. I feel like the room is already charged and activated amen, with the power in the presence of our life-changing King. If you have your Bibles, though, I would ask that you would open it to Psalms 100, verses 1 through 5. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit fast, so if somebody can be my point person, I'm from North St. Louis, right across from East St. Louis, and uh, I generally talk faster than most people can listen, amen. And so if I'm going too fast, somebody just stand up and wave your hand. Now, let me just give you just a couple of ground rules to understand my preaching style. If I continue to preach to you guys and everybody's absolutely silent, I will, I will assume that my training, I will assume that nobody's hearing what I'm saying, that I've misquoted myself, or I've said something extremely heretical, and so I'm going to go back to the beginning of my sermon and start over, <laughs> which means you're going to be here for much longer. No, uh, uh, I, I come from a tradition of what they call call and response. The preacher preaches a little bit, and if he says something that tickles your toes, makes you feel good, you say, go ahead on, preach it, brother. Keep on moving, amen? <laughs> and so uh, that, is, that is the take on this morning. Here in the 100th uh, division of Psalms, I'd just like to read uh, the verses again. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is... He is God. It is He who have made us, and not we, and, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. Yesterday, I noticed something miraculous, and here's what I noticed that was miraculous. The sun was hanging in its place. And last night as I stood on my back patio, I noticed that the clouds, and, and, and you could see there through the, through the clouds, you could see the moon was suspended in place. No wires, no screens, just hanging in place. The earth was spinning on its axis. Stars hung in perfect formation. 
last night while you and I sleep totally unconscious to the rest of the world, closer to death than we are ever at, right? Our bodies took one breath after of another without fail. In fact, research says we take about 23,000 breaths each day. You may be asking, Pastor Brian, where are you going with all this? I want to remind us right, of one of the most beautiful and complete truths in all of Scripture. Every living thing, every created thing is subject to the glory of God. The Psalms are not only celebratory in nature, they also provide insight into life, how we should interact with the living God. Scholars agree that this psalm is at the end of a set of psalms that would have been considered king, king, kingship songs or royal songs. They would have highlighted the, 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 the majesty and the magnificence of God. They, 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 would have, they would have boast about who he was. And then this here would have been the end cap song because it would have been a song sung in great celebration. As you look at Psalms 100, what you'll notice is just a, a few things that cannot be missed. Number one, shout joyfully. Serve with gladness. Come before him with singing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name. That alone is enough for us to close the book and go home. Amen. We've already preached a sermon. If we just got those things right, man, we could celebrate. We could go and skip on about our way and our Sundays and Mondays will be full. But someone may ask you who does not know why you have this joyful continence. They may ask you, uh, people may ask, and, and you may have to give an answer. And the answer is a trifecta affirmation. Here it is, verse 5. He says, because God is good. I'm reminded of God's goodness, amen, because of my own foolishness. God is good. God is mercy. His mercy endures forever and is everlasting and is true to all generations. Now, this book of the psalm is considered the hymn book, H-Y-M-N book. But I call it the hymn book, H-I-M book. Why? Because the whole book is about him, amen. And so I get excited every time I open up the passages of scriptures and I see God speaking to me through the ancient text, amen. And so here in the hymn book, the Psalms calls us both to individually and to collectively worship God as creator and sustainer of our souls. This particular song is known as a song of thanksgiving. It provides encouragement to lift up our praise and jubilant celebration of a king of kings and the Lord of Lords. The Hebrew word for thanksgiving, amen, is, is, is so similar, but it, it, it gives the idea of confession, if you would. What are we confessing? We're confessing how good God is and how crazy we are. What are we confessing, amen, how great God is and how minuscule we are? What are we confessing? We're confessing the attributes of God, amen, that are unchanging. We're confessing the immobility of God. We're confessing, amen, all that Jesus has done for us. We have reason to celebrate this morning. We we have reason to lift our voices, to lift our, to lift our stir and our gaze to a life-changing God. And so here, this psalm, it reminds us, it pulls us, it, it draws us in. The ancients would have often sung and shout this song as they entered the temple. It was a song of acknowledgement, a call to surrender, to shout and to serve God as creator and savior of the world. In a world filled with chaos, complaining, and contempt. We, the people of God, are instructed to be joyful, to celebrate our God and our Christ. When the whole world, amen, is going mad, amen, we are the people of God that are, that are here, amen, to lift up who God is to a watching world. Let us look this morning at a couple of scriptures. 
Here in Psalms 100, verses 1 and 2, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Now, some of us says, now listen here, Pastor Lee, I would lift my voice, but it's not always joyful when it comes out of my mouth. It's, it's, it's not the kind of stuff, amen, that gets me on the stage with the worship team. But I'm here to tell you something that you may not know. God is the inventor of auto-tune. Long before, amen, T-Pain came out with it, God was already working. The angels, sometimes when we lift our voice unto God, it doesn't really sound that great to us, amen. But it's not just the sound, it is the attitude of worship. And when we lift it up, some angels grab it in the air, and by the time it gets to God, amen, it sounds like a sweet offering unto him. So listen here, I want to encourage you, lift your voice unto God, and even when your neighbor's acting funny next to you, just go ahead on and sing anyway, man. Be like that person who's tone deaf. Just let it, just be singing, 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 even when it doesn't sound good. I tell my kids all the time, I'm going to worship God because when I was in the world, I worshiped the devil, and I got to give God, amen, a whole lot more than what I gave the dark side of life when I was living that life. So he says, make this joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. So here it is. We are to shout, serve, and sing unto the Lord. We are to shout, serve, and sing unto the Lord. I love those people who are who, who, who clean and sing at the same time. It seems like they get a whole lot more done, amen. But we ought to shout, serve, and sing unto the Lord. When the ancient Israel approached the temple of God, there was praise happening on the outside even before they entered the temple. In other words, amen, they brung the praise party with them. We like to say they brung the noise. The songs reminds us of this fact. In other words, they had already started, amen, getting a shout on before the band hit the first snare on the drum, before the first key was played before the first song was sung. However, let us not miss out on the fact that Israel is commissioned not just to make a joyful noise. Translation says, let the whole earth make a joyful noise. It's an invitation, amen. It is, it is the missio day of God where he invites the whole earth to come and worship him as the sovereign king and ruler of all. I love that about God, amen, that he is so much more inclusive than the church of our day. Amen. That he is that, 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 that he stands with open arms and says, whosoever will. And so here he calls. He calls out a man. He he calls them into himself. That's why Psalms 95 calls us a man on the body of Christ to believe and to make a joyful sound. This, that, that's part of that collection of Psalms from Psalms 93, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. He works through that Psalms 96 and one says, sing a new song unto the Lord. Amen. Sometimes you got to make your own worship. Sometimes, amen, you got to dig way deep down inside. See, in my tradition, old church mothers would stand up doing testimony service, and church mothers would say, I got a song on my heart, baby. That meant she was going to make up the words as she went along. But she was going to sing it like she was going to sing it like it was a platinum hit, and she was going to lift her voices. And after a while, if the drum and the snare got right, somebody would pick up a tambourine, and before you know it, amen, we'd be having a praise party. Here he says, man, you know, it is, it is important for us to come to God with gladness and with thanksgiving, but it's important for us to come to God with singing and making a joyful sound. In certain universities and colleges, students must, can, must, must complete, complete what is called a capstone project. 
The ideal of that project is at the end of the semester was designed. It was a combination of all that was taught. This is what Psalms 100 is. It is that raw psalm. It is the, it is the capstone of all that's happening. Do you see the invitational nature in the psalm? Let the whole earth make a joyful noise. When the writer says to make a joyful noise, he's not necessarily talking about a loud noise. He's referring to a purposeful sound similar to a war cry, a clarion call upon heaven that makes earth tremble. This joyful noise is the word uh, uh, ruah, uh, uh, which means a man uh, to split the ears with sound. We see this illustrated in the word picture in scriptures. When you look back in, uh, at King Saul's uh, uh, being or, ordained, his, his ordination, it says Samuel said to the people, do you see the man the Lord has chosen? First Samuel 10, 24, there is no one like him among all the people. Then the people shouted, long live the king. They shouted for an earthly king, amen, because they refused to give praise, glory, and honor to a living king. They wanted a king like everybody else. But God is saying there is a king bigger than any king that's out there. There's a reason for us to celebrate, amen, because God has done so much and he's still doing it. All you got to do is hold your breath for two minutes and you'll see how much you want to shout unto God. Look here. Unlike Israel, we shout not for a man, but for a maker of man and the person of Jesus Christ. The ideal of celebration is not rooted in what we have or what we have heard, beloved. Our service and our celebration is a response to an internal witness of the goodness of God. May I suggest in light of all we've been through in the last 15, 16 months, amen, and, and, and may I suggest that you and I today are a living witness of God's goodness. You're here you're watching, guess what? You got something to celebrate and something to shout about, amen. Oh, you say, Pastor Lee, how can you be so sure? Because I buried seven family members during COVID, amen, with six of them with related COVID issues. I had 14 families in my church affected by COVID, amen. I still have a good friend who's battling to breathe every single day. Just, just buried a friend two weeks ago, amen, after a six-month battle with COVID. We are now, we got a reason to shout, amen, because God has been good. When Israel would be walking up, they would be thinking about all of their enemies and how God has protected them, Has God has provided provision for them has God has set them on purpose that's what we shout about that's what we sing about help me somebody I'm in your neighborhood I know it amen I'm like Mr. Rogers you ain't got to join in but I'm gonna be in your neighborhood I'm gonna knock on your door I'm gonna ring your doorbell I'm like a Jehovah witness I'm gonna be here all day until you answer the door come on somebody have you personally experienced the blessings of the Lord in spite of the drama around you God has provided shelter in the storm, protection in the pandemic, triumphs in our trials, singing for our sorrows, joy for our tomorrows. The story is told of a man who was singing on a busy street from his wheelchair. <clears throat> And following a terrible accident that had happened some months earlier, when a wealthy businessman approached him and he, and he asked him, how can you sing so joyfully after losing so much? The wheelchair man answered and said, I don't focus on what I've lost. I sing because of what God has allowed me to hold on to. Oh, my God. That right there, boy, look, that, that's shouting words right there. Listen, listen, listen. You may have lost some things. You may have lost some jobs. You may have lost some friendships along the way. You may, you may have lost some confidence. But we're going to shout to God because of what he's allowed us to hold on to. And, 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 and that's where you and I want to be, amen. We want to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That brings us to our second point, which is to submit and surrender to the Lord. Psalms 103. I love it. Amen. It says, know that the Lord, know that the Lord, he is God. Here's what I love about the text. He invites 
all of the nations around Israel to come towards the temple with them to worship. But then he sets it up because he wants to proclaim to them, amen, what it looks like for them to be kingdom-minded and Christ-centered. He says, know that the Lord, he is God. And then he goes on, he says, he has made us and, and, we, and, and, and we are his, and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The writer of Psalms understands that an outward celebration must be a result of an inward transformation. Some people sing about a God they do not know. But we sing about a God that we have experience with. We sing about a God that lives on the inside of us. We sing about a God that whispers in our ear, amen, in the midst of our pain and our struggle. We sing about a God that saved us at our worst. We sing about a God, amen, that lifts us up, amen. We can wrap our minds around this because we are a people called to acknowledge God is Lord. The psalmist leaves no room that the celebration is a call to recognize the one and true God, Yahweh. We, are, we, have, a, we have a culture today that worships people at blissful speeds for, 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 for that is the thing that has no value to think about it think about it think about it tiktok stars did you think you would live that to be watching videos of eight-year-olds blow their nose amen and fall out of chairs and they would have a million views and people would be passing their name around what if we passed what if we talked about jesus like they talk about the kardashians oh my god listen here I know I'm in your neighborhood. Come on now. Call me Mr. Rogers if you want to this morning, man. What if we talked about Jesus like we talked about our favorite restaurant, the latest movie? See, we live in this culture that lifts everything up except the living God. But here, it says, but we are given a reason for our worship, our celebration. He says, he has made us. He, God, took the time, had you on his mind that he made you, that he shaped you, that he formed you, amen. Let that sink in. Our mommies and daddies, they didn't make us, amen. They were simply just trying to get their play on. They weren't, they weren't thinking about me and you when they was getting down, no. But God had us on his mind. God, I know, I know it to be true. My last child, oh man, I pray she's not watching this, but my last child, I remember coming home, my wife said, we pregnant. I asked her, who is we? <laughs> like I had nothing to do with it, amen. Oh, glory to God. Listen, <laughs> Psalms 139 says this here in the NIV. It says, for you are created, you, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. And when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my, uh, my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one of them even came to be. Look at God, amen. God just didn't think about you as an after thought some of us think when we got to planet earth when we showed up at seven mile road all of a sudden we was, listen you may have not known who god was but god knew who you were amen god had you god god has you god god in times past god had already predetermined your path he had already laid that's a reason to celebrate god some of us know we don't deserve this kind of love some of us mean as a rattlesnake, amen. We can't even get along with our own self. And yet God calls us close to him. God brings us into him. God makes us his own. God takes responsibility for our reckless, sinful lives, amen, and says he's going to redeem us, that he's going to transform us. He's going to create in us a new creature. He's going to show us a new way. Oh, that's a reason to shout. Some of us know just last night we said, if you get me out of this, hurt God. 
How many of us had those get me out of here God moments? Amen. Some of us had that last night. God, if you just let me get out of here, you let me, you let me escape this here, I promise you I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. Amen. Listen, I love the way we are informed of God's gospel intent in the text. Not only are we made by God, but we are called his people, sheep of his pasture. God takes ownership and rulership of what he creates and calls his own. The apostle Paul says it best in 1 Corinthians 6 when he says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You don't own nothing. This Psalms 24 says the whole earth is the Lord's. That includes you and I. You're not in charge of nothing. God says you're not your own. That, 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 should, that, that, that should just like blow your mind that you are not your own. That at any time the master has the right to do whatever he wants to do with your life. And the fact that he lets you have a reasonable health, reasonable strength, reasonable income, reasonable friends, a reasonable marriage, that's a reason to celebrate. That's a reason to shout and serve God. Amen. We are to glorify God in every possible way. Returning to the Psalms, we get our why. We are sheep of his pasture. We can't overlook the shepherd language. It is the language of redemption. The primary role of a shepherd is to redeem and rescue. Brothers and sisters, we worship because we are a rescued people. That's why 1 Peter makes it so clear for us, amen. That's why 1 Peter helps us to lay out the gospel centrality in the text when he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, the sheep of his pasture. I love the text, amen. Because he reminds me, not only am I not my own, but I belong to somebody, amen. And that somebody that I belong to is the ruler, amen, and king of the entire world. Listen, I know we love our U.S. citizenship. We, we wear that like a badge of honor. But listen, when you get to heaven, there won't be any U.S. lines. There won't be no place. You won't need a green card, a passport. You know, when you, when you get to heaven, nobody's going to be calling you by, uh, by your titles. You won't be doctor or pastor. You're just going to be one of God's sheep. Amen. I love, I, I love what I learned from Bishop Nate Holcomb. He used to tell us pastors, he used to say, just remember, you're the lead sheep. That he's the chief shepherd, you're the under shepherd. Amen. And so he used to always remind us of this here notion that we belong to God. Romans 5, 8 notes that, that while we were sinning at our worst, Jesus shows up to rescue us. God is inviting the nations. He is saying, call, call from the four corners of the earth. Tell them to come to my holy temple. Tell them to come and worship with me. Tell them to come and see me. Tell them to come bow down. Amen. Not, that, not, not this idea where we say there's coming a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. God is inviting here in Psalms them to come and he's inviting us. He's, he's giving us this opportunity. Amen. He's telling these other Gentile nations, you can come and partake of what Israel has been and take partaking of. God has this inclusive nature, amen. Even before he introduces Jesus to the world, he's already considering how the gospel is going to impact other people's lives. God has always been like this. That's why he tells Abraham, from you, all nations of the earth should come, amen. We like to think because we break our Bible up in two books instead of one book, we like to think, amen, that God somewhere in that, in, 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 in the in between Malachi and Matthew, that all of a he changed his mind about the rest of the world. No, God had the rest of the world on his mind from the very beginning. And so while we were seen at our worst, 
Jesus rescued us. That, that, that what God did for Israel concerning her enemies is what God does for us concerning the enemy of our soul. He simply calls us to himself. He is our shepherd and our redeemer. God is not just redeeming us. He is renovating our lives. This is why we sing and shout and serve because our lives have been renovated. Amen. After you come into contact with God, we should see a different you. We should experience, we, we, we should start seeing inklings of God moving in your life. We should see, we, 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 should, we should see if you were always, if you were always the sour face, you was always the crazy person, you look cray cray. Now we should see this joy for you. Why? Because I've seen what God is able to do in my life. And somebody's sitting next to somebody where they see the miracle. They say, man, you don't know what God has done in my life. You don't know how far God has brought me. You don't know who I used to be. All of us has a used to be story, but our used to be stories are all parked at the foot of the cross. Amen. And it's there that we get to worship and sing and shout and serve with gladness, with a joyful noise, this life-changing God. Redemption is a word that implies helplessness. Why do they sing when they come to the temple? Because Israel recognized how helpless they were. Have you recognized how helpless you are without God? I know you think you got it together. You got your degrees. You got your cars. I know I'm arrogant at times my own self. Amen. And sometimes God has to let us go through to remind us that he is God. That is he, the one who made us. Amen. The same God that can give it, give it to you is the same God that can take it away. Amen. Sometimes God sends us to time out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put you over there in the corner and let you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Redemption is a word that implies helplessness. It's the picture of redemption is the one that is held captive by forces that cannot be overcome. Only, only a third party can intervene and rescue. Redemption never comes by our own effort spiritually. Redemption cannot happen without a redeemer. This, this, is a, this, this, this word picture is precious because it reminds followers of Jesus Christ that a relationship with him has been purchased at great cost. You and I sit in this room able to worship because some other men and women put their lives on the line at great cost. They redeem what we call freedom in America. But we have a God, amen, that gives us the ultimate freedom that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Acknowledge the sovereign one and only God. Amen. Let us go to our close here. We must enter to praise him but we must exit to proclaim him. It's not enough just to praise God if you're not going to go and proclaim him. It's not enough, amen, to experience God if you will not exalt him. Right? It's not enough to know God if you're not going to go and tell others all about what you know about God. That's what's happening here. Look here at verses 4 and 5 in, in our Psalms this morning, 100. It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Now, you and I know because you come from uh, this church with all these scholars and theologians, when you get to the Old Testament, you understood that Gentiles were not allowed into the inner courts. But here in Psalms, long before we get the inner and outer courts, here is God inviting Gentiles into his very presence. That's why you got to see, you got to see the, the life-changing nature of God, the awesomeness of God, that God doesn't wait for man to figure it out, amen. God already has a plan. But look what he says. He says these words. He says, for the Lord is good and his faithfulness and his steadfast love endures forever in his faithfulness to all generations. Amen. We now conclude the psalm 
with the beloved congregation entering the place and presence of God. However, this time of worship and celebration is not exclusive but inclusive of all who have trusted trusted the God of Israel. Recall with me that verse 1 opening statement is that the whole earth acknowledged God, providence over the world, to, to the degree that they shout of a serious celebration. We see and acknowledge the sovereign shepherd. We are the sheep of his pasture. All the celebration of our God and our Christ reminds us that we are not independent, but interdependent of each other. Worship is always about what we get to do together. Yes, you can have your individual and private worship moments, but worship is so much better when you do it with others. Amen. And he says this. He says it. He says, we see and we acknowledge God's sovereign hand. Amen. Right? It's the invitation for all to enter in worship. Right? It is a demonstrated relationship and covenant with our God and our King. Why this song doesn't give us the messianic thrust and imagery, it does remind us of the implications in the proclamation of the gospel. We see the triumphant celebration. We see it and it gives us, it takes us to that place where John on the island of Patmos says these words in Revelation 7 and 9. He says, after this I looked and behold a great multitude. That's what God wanted from, from the beginning. In Psalms 100 and you look at Revelation 7, it is God calling a great multitude, amen, into his presence. And in, in John's view, it is the redeemed, beloved community. And in and, and, and the Psalms, the writer, he is inviting the whole community so they can become part of the beloved community, that they might be included, amen, with the ultimate and final community in eternity. I love that, amen. He reminds us, he says, he, he, he reminds us, he says, he says we, we, we come to the house of God or to the temple of God that we might proclaim him. But then he reminds us that we exit, we exit, amen, that we might, we, we, we might proclaim him. We come to praise him, we exit to proclaim him. And so it is here where Zadavan helped me out. For the Lord is good. The classic psalm is justification for worship. Why bring it? Because God is good. Amen. And his love endures forever. The word love is hesed. It is the steadfast love. It is a covenant love. We have a good God, a great God, and a covenant God who is gracious to us. His faithfulness continues to all generations. God is always faithful to his covenant promise and his covenant people. And here in Psalms 100, those covenant promises are extended beyond Israel to all nations. Listen, we're not just called to come and worship. We're called to go and proclaim. Amen. George Wedding, I'll close with this. In the book, No Guilt, God for Witnessing, tells of a man by the name of John Carrier. John Carrier who in 1949 was found guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison. Later, he was transferred and paroled to work on a farm near Nashville, Tennessee. In 1968, Carrier's sentence was terminated and a letter bearing the good news was sent to him. But John never saw the letter, nor was he told anything about it. Life on the farm was hard, right? And without promise for a future. Yet John kept doing what he was told even after the farmer who he worked for died. Ten years went by. Then a state parole officer learned of Carrier's plight, found him, and told him that his sentence has been terminated ten years previously, that he was a free man. Sweating concluded in his story by asking, Would it matter if 
Someone sent you an important message, the most important in your life, and year after year after year, the urgent message was never delivered. We who have heard the good news and have experienced the freedom through Christ are responsible to proclaim it to others that are enslaved by sin. Let us praise our God, but let us proclaim his goodness to all. Can we pray together this morning? Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, Father, because we have elevated worship today. We come to celebrate you. But God, in celebrating you, we are reminded, God, of how good, kind, and gracious you've been to us. God, Father, you've given us the most precious gift known to mankind, and that is Jesus Christ. You've given us life and life more abundantly, God. And Father, you've not just called us, God, to be praisers. You've called us to be proclaimers. So we leave this place today, God, Father, full of worship, full of hope, full of looking towards eternity. Let us too go, Father, find another enslaved sinner and tell them that they've been set free. Let us proclaim your goodness in all of our praise and all of our worship. Let us be reminded, God Father, that we, God Father, not our own, that we belong to a God who loves us, who redeems us, but who also sends us. That is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen.